0: Welcome or welcome back to the Company of the cat. Hi, how are you? Today's video is about Young Grif. I am now writing down the Squisher script, but I thought why not say some things about Young Grif, since for some reason, the last couple of months, I see videos about him all over the place. Unlike most of my videos, today we will have a history lesson, so I can explain my take on Young Grif. To be honest, I personally don't believe the kid is Aegon, Aegon should have been around 1819 now, we're at 300 AC, and he was born late 281 or early 282 AC, and young grief is described as approximately 1516. Kids in general, especially boys, undergo some pretty visible changes around this age, so I find it sus. Secondly, the baby swap thing. Stop trying to make baby swap happen. It's not gonna happen. English is not my first language, but as far as I know, swapping is the exchange of place between two things. All these baby swaps that people talk about are not technically swaps. Why do people call them this? Why the hell is this a thing? John was not swapped at birth. They didn't leave another baby in his place. Danny was not swapped. Mira was not swapped. And neither was Edric. The Rosa Rosamond swap is a theory we don't really have evidence about. And what Theon did with the Miller's kids backs my point up even more. He bared them, so they are not recognizable, but unlike Aegon's case, Theon is the one that killed them and tried to pass them off as different people. It was not that they tricked Theon, the situation is not the same, so I don't get why we would even compare them. We have only two actual baby swap stories, and in the same book, two, and I don't think this was done by accident. We are told that Aegon was swapped, and we saw them swapping Aemon with Munster, and there is a huge difference between these two situations. When they swapped Munster with Dallas Kid, they were very much aware that people will soon figure it out, but Aemon will be far enough to not be in danger anymore, and we are talking about babies that are months old with very generic brown hair. Aegon was not a baby, he was a toddler, he was around 12 to 18 months old. At this age the features are very much recognizable and the kids start talking and moving around. On top of that, he had full-on Valyrian looks, so they found a kid with Valyrian traits at the right age and replaced Aegon, even though they didn't know how things would go. If Gregor was not the one after them and the baby had not been killed by a crushed skull, this story wouldn't work. Also, we are told that Elia was holding the baby and Rhaenys was underneath the bed. There is no freaking way she wouldn't protect her own daughter instead of a random kid. Sorry, not buying it. I'm not the most maternal person, to be honest, but if I saw them trying to drag my actual kid from under the bed, I would go head first there and not continue to hold a random baby until freaking Gregor Clegane could reach me. I wouldn't hold the baby in the first place. I would be with my daughter. All the, ooh, she was holding the baby so they wouldn't find Renice, your actual kid, is bullshit. They would search the whole room. They would find her. It's fishy enough that Elia didn't have both kids whisked away in the first place. And again... The only reason the story is a touch more believable is that the baby was unrecognizable after. If it wasn't, people that were part of the household would say, hey guys, this is not the right kid. And things would have been way more complicated because I'm pretty sure Robert was not gonna let this go. It sounds as if the story was fabricated after the fact, precisely because they saw what happened. Like Theon, who chose to burn the corpses so people wouldn't recognize them. This, along with the fact that he looks at least 3 years younger, at an age where 3 years make a huge difference, especially in boys, makes everything even more doubtful if you ask me. Plus the fact that Varys and Illyrio wedded a few years before approaching John discredits their story even more. And that brings me to the returning dead royal kid trope, because this is the reason I made this video, otherwise I wouldn't. The reasoning of why young Grif is not Aegon is already known, but I do not see people talking about this. History is filled with examples of people who took on the identities of princes, princesses, dead royals in general, and heirs allegedly killed along with their parents at a young age, especially in times of trouble. Haven't you people seen Anastasia? Either way, Anastasia is not who I will talk about, even though hers is the most widely known case. The person we will talk about is Dmitri Ivanovich. And tell me if you don't see the similarities between this story and Young Graves. There was a period of political crisis during the Tsardom of Russia between 1598 and 1613. There was a Polish-Russian war, they didn't have legal heirs, and there was also a famine, among everything else at some point. Dmitry Ivanovich was the youngest son of Ivan the Terrible Tsar of Russia, and when Ivan died, he was succeeded by Dmitry's older brother, Theodor I. Fyodor was sickly and weak, and the country was actually being governed by a regency council headed by the boyar Boris Godunov. Godunov sent Dmitry, his mother, and her brothers into internal exile in Dmitry's apanad city of Uglitz. Eventually, Fyodor died, childless, and Dmitry was also dead, so Godunov claimed the throne. One of the theories about Dmitry's death was that Boris ordered an assassination. His death roused a violent riot in Uglitz, instigated by the loud claims of Dimitris's mother Maria and uncle about Dimitri having been murdered. Hearing this, the enraged citizens lynched 15 of Dimitris's supposed assassins, including the local representative of the Moscow government and one of Dimitris's playmates. The investigator, after a thorough examination of witnesses, concluded that the prince had died from a self-inflicted stab wound to the throat, so Maria forcibly became a nun and was exiled to a remote convent. However, when the political circumstances changed, the same investigator retracted his earlier claim of accidental death and asserted that Dmitri was murdered on Godunov's orders. Forward some years, a dude appeared claiming he was Dmitri. He claimed that his mother anticipated the assassination attempt ordered by Boris and helped him escape to a monastery in the Chardom of Russia, and the assassins killed another kid that had taken his place. She put him into the care of a doctor who hid him in various monasteries through the years, and after the doctor died, Dmitri fled to Poland. He worked briefly there as a teacher before he entered the service of a prominent Polish-Lithuanian noble family. Some people later claimed that Dmitri did indeed resemble the young prince, and the dude also had skills such as horsemanship and literacy and was fluent in Russian, Polish and French. He himself said he fled to the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth, after he came to the attention of Boris, who ordered him seized. And this is a good time to say that many Polish nobles did not believe his story, but supported him nonetheless because, as I said, there were Polish-Russian conflicts. And rumor said that Dmitry was an illegitimate son of the Polish king Stefan Batori, something that, again, allegedly was admitted by him when he was slapped very hard by one of his masters. Dmitry, having gained the full support of the Polish Commonwealth, formed a small army from various private... Polish and Lithuanian forces, he advanced on Russia where Boris's many enemies, including the southern Cossacks, joined Dimitris' army. These combined forces engaged twice with the reluctant Russian soldiers, winning the first but badly losing the second one, and their cause was only saved by the news of the sudden death of Boris. His death made the victorious Russian troops defect to his side, and others swelled the Polish ranks as they marched in. The disaffected boyars of Moscow staged a palace coup and imprisoned the newly crowned Tsar Feodor II and his mother, the son and widow of Boris, and Dmitry made his triumphal entry into Moscow and was crowned Tsar by a new Moscovite patriarch of his own choosing. Now, to gain the Jesuit support, Dmitry converted to Catholicism, publicly. And after his coronation, he also married a Catholic, something that didn't sit well with the Russians, since unlike the Polish, they are Orthodox. Plus, he granted privileges to Catholics and foreigners in Russia, and that didn't help either. Rumors circulated that Dmitry had obtained the support of the Polish king and the Pope by promising to reunite the Russian Orthodox Church and the Holy See. This is why his wife did not convert to the Orthodox faith, as was customary. Only 10 days after his marriage to Marina, huge numbers of Boyars and commoners stormed the Kremlin, Dimitri tried to flee by jumping out of a window, but fractured his leg in the fall, and he was recognized and dragged out by the boyars who killed him. His asses were fired from a cannon towards Poland. Dimitri was the only char ever raised to the throne by means of a military campaign and popular uprisings. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? And this is only one of the stories. Perkin Warbeck pretended to be Richard of York, the youngest son of the former king Edward IV, and nearly succeeded in overthrowing King Henry VII. The real Richard was murdered in the Tower of London as a boy, but at the time there was still sp- much speculation about his fate. There were several men who pretended to be Prince Louis Charles, the son of Marie Antoinette and Louis, and generally, it seems that it was a common practice to try and assume the identity of young royals killed under said circumstances. The story we have about Aegon is the same as all these other impostor stories, and the background too fits the very troubled backgrounds all these stories have. Wars, political instability, pissed common people, famines, etc. And obviously, another very strong piece of evidence for the Fagon theory is that all this information about the Blackfires exists in side publications. The World Book and the Dunk and Egg novels have so many in-depth analyses of the Blackfires. And no, it's not just to give a background for Brinden. There was no reason to have all this Blackfire stuff out. Hell, the Mystery Night Came out right before the feast and dance. The book in which Young Griff is introduced, and the World Book came out in two thousand fourteen. And a big chunk of the book was Ironborn stuff and Blackfire stuff. And the first time we learn of the Golden Company is in Mystery Night, right before feast and dance. Young Griff has the support of the Golden Company, the anti-Targaryen sellsword company found by Aegor. who supported most of the Blackfire rebellions for fuck's sake. And we learn pieces of information about the Blackfires in the chapter with Young Griff. Too. In my opinion, Illyrio and Varys are Blackfire supporters, and they do have some kind of relation to them. We do not know about the female line, and the only reason we know the male line is extinct is that Illyrio said so, which in my opinion is not good enough. For all we know, Aegon is from the female or the male line, it looks like he's a Blackfire, and they just told John Con that he is the kid of his Silver Prince to gain his support. The theory that Sarah was a Blackfire and Aegon is Illyrio's son, also sounds very plausible. But I don't think it matters, to be honest. In any case, if the kid was a Targaryen and they wanted to restore the house, they could just get rid of Viserys and marry Danny to Aegon. But they did not. And we can see that they didn't care about the Dothraki cavalry either. The only reason they are trying to get in contact with Daenerys now is because she has three freaking dragons. They do not support the Targs, and Yangriff is not one. The thing is, Griff doesn't matter. He really doesn't, he is not important. He is a character that got introduced to us in the 5th book out of the 7. He doesn't even have a POV. And the reason he doesn't is that he isn't important. Jon Conn is the important character of the bunch, not young Griff. Jon has grayscale. Jon gives us information, Jon is fleshed out. The only reason we care about Aegon is that Jon would be crushed if he lost him while he still believes he is the son of the Silver Prince or if he was to learn the truth about the whole deception. And we have seen his trauma, and he now has grayscale too, something we do need more info about. Young will most likely have the future of Dimitri. He will take King's Landing, and will die very soon after. And it's very possible that one of the pissed off people will be John, because he isn't gonna be happy at all if the kid is not Rhaegar's. Yanngrif is the Mummer's dragon not because he is not a Targaryen or because he is the Targaryen used by Varys, who was a Mummer, but because he is a puppet. He is a puppet king. He is one of the many props Mummer's have to do their job. Aegon himself doesn't have a personality. People project one on him. And they say that he would be a great king and there is no nobler youth than Aegon, but we do not see him be the person they say he is. Contrarywise, the few times we see him talk and do stuff, he is not what they say. He is a teen who throws tantrums, is impatient, isn't very keen on learning, and his teacher is not the best, so the whole great education isn't a thing either. We never saw a lesson with a Septa, for all we know they make bubbles with their spit instead of reading the seven pointed star. Aegon is a tool, a way for others to reach their goal, this is why he doesn't have a POV. He is a vessel, he is not a real character. It is kinda sad, but this is the truth, they take advantage of a kid for their own. Gain, the kid is a puppet, not a player, and it doesn't matter who he is. This is it pretty much, I wanted to make a video about him, mostly because I really don't think he matters that much. Leave your own thoughts and theories, and whatever else you want to talk about. Thank you very much for watching, and if you enjoyed this video, press a like and subscribe if you haven't. Until the next one, bye!